0: uncertainty is magical uncertainty is exciting uncertainty is why we're gripped when we watch a movie or read a book for the first time and we don't know what's going to happen and uncertainty is why your life grips you again when you when you realize that you don't know what the
1: fuck is unfolding before you right welcome beautiful thinkers this is a beautiful thought This is how your life is already wonderful. And that was a clip from this interview with LD, Leandro Dixon, my long-term friend and collaborator. And he's also hip-hop producer, MC, and his producer of the Thrive Freedom Portal show, which comes on the internet every week to talk about solutions for this bizarrely changing world that we're entering And Elle is going to tell us this story, which in part is about uncertainty. So sometimes when people become atheists, as Elle did, as an atheist you can be sometimes very certain about the nature of the world. If you're a strong atheist, you don't even believe in a higher power, shut off that possibility. And that means that everything is sometimes just resolved or just reduced to its physical elements just a bunch of chemicals molecules or quarks and shut off from the mystery so that's a really important element of this story that maybe there is more mystery going on maybe there's room for uncertainty and if there's uncertainty that means there's still room for wonder which is a really important point point. I guess that's a really important point for my life and very important in Elle's life as well. So this is, it's a great interview. Actually, I had a blast doing this interview with Leandro. Uh, so I think, uh, I think you're really going to enjoy it. I love, uh, Leandro's energy is like even he was down in Guadalajara just a a few months back and it's like (laughs) you start telling a story and in the middle he's like he's using his his arms and his hands to tell the story or he's even like getting up to dance in the middle of the story to help explain a point (laughs) and it's that kind of energy that really comes across so you're gonna hear his enthusiasm and what a wonderful thing is to be enthusiastic so that's coming up Please, if you enjoy this interview, and I'm sure you will, I'm 101% sure you will, please share it around with some friends. Send them a message about what they might expect to get from this, why they might personally benefit, and they'll they'll probably want to listen to it. And (laughs) uh, remember, you can check out my My website, beautifulpodcast.com. If you are listening on, on the website, there's probably an inconvenient way to do it. You can listen with a podcasting app like Apple, Google Podcasts. I like to use Podcast Addict. Download these things so you can listen when you're in the gym or on the bus. And that way you get easy access to get that beautiful thought streamed directly into your mind stream so you can continue to increase the level of awareness as, as far as I can get you. So remember, you can jump on beautifulpodcast.com, use the coupon code beautiful2021 and you'll get 50% off your first coaching session with me. So in the coaching session, what I do is actually you probably hear something similar in this interview because what i'm trying to do in this in this interview is trying to uncover different parts of the story and reveal the wisdom in the story that even leandro after telling and thinking about this story many times he he it didn't uh fully have access or he didn't he didn't fully reflect on it in that way so that's what we can do <laughs> in a coaching session Bring out your wisdom and use it to formulate an action plan so you can move forward, transcend those previous cycles and make something wonderful out of your life. So it's the site, beautifulpodcast.com, uh, beautiful2021 is the coupon code and also check out thriveon.com. That's the one of the websites that Leandro works on and uh, the Thrive Freedom Portals. That he is the producer of. So let's begin. This is a beautiful thought. I'm here with Leandro Dixon. They call him LD rapper, hip hopper, music producer, entrepreneur. How are you, L? I'm so
0: good, Kurt. Is uh, good.
1: <laughs> good to be <laughs> here with crazy, you, man.
0: Good to be here yeah, with you. Um, yeah, likewise. <laughs> yeah, so, some of the, the interviews we've done together have been some of my favorites. So, um, yeah, yeah man, it's, it's always a fun time talking to
1: you. Yes, likewise, yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah, it's absolutely a pleasure to know you and and uh, hang out with you and, and chat with you. Likewise. Yeah. So, you're going to tell us a story about coming to grips with some realities of the world and how you can deal with that or how, how you can look internally and, and see the the hope or the desperation that's going on as a result and hopefully move past that into into a different way of thinking about it so this the story begins when you're in college and you you're studying to be a video game designer is that right
0: yeah absolutely i was um I was at Virginia Tech at the time um I was working towards being a video game designer that had been my dream since I was like thirteen years old and uh played Final Fantasy eight and just realized like holy mm. shit I love this i this is what I want to do you know mm. so um yeah i was uh I was definitely in that process and uh that was kind of the
1: main focus of my life. What was it about Final Fantasy Eight that inspired you so much?
0: Oh, well well dude. Um, it was one of the first um, role playing games that I had played. Mm. And um yeah I mean like I, I didn't really understand them before because I, I tried to play a, a, a few role playing games when I was a kid um, and just hmm. didn't understand things like like what is HP sort of thing you know and this is this is like before <laughs> the internet and I was just a kid so I didn't like there was just no way for me to figure that out right uh, <laughs> so like you know it was just one of those things that you came to like supposedly having an understanding of what those things were so anyway right. um, it was the kind of the first one that um, I I was able to, uh, that I understood and that, I mean, the storyline was just so gripping um, mm. and it was just like The role playing model of, um, you know, just kind of starting off as a really weak character and, Hmm. um, having to like level up and grow and evolve and learn new skills and, (laughs) um, take on consistently grander and grander challenges was just, um, ridiculously fun and exciting to me. And it just, um, yeah, it
1: was, it was just pretty compelling. So. Yeah. So I can already start to see that there is some kind of metaphors there for, oh, yeah. for your own life. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, what's your life like in in college? Like, I know you were um, for a while. You were like very anti drugs. You are like, I'm not. I'm not gonna you know smoke or drink or anything like that (laughs) What (laughs) yeah
0: yeah so um yeah i actually did start off um college at like very straight edge um i like I i was planning on not drinking or um doing any drugs um I mean, in fact, um, when I first got to Virginia Tech, I, I started a student organization. It was the student organization for sober socializing. Yeah, <laughs> so, cool. um, SOS squared. <laughs> so when, uh, when all the other kids were out, like drinking and partying and having fun and all that, um, you know, I could get together with sober kids and like bowl and play video games and, um it was great 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 in concept
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) all of those people are kind of boring or what
0: (laughs) yeah no absolutely absolutely so um you know i was um I, i was atheist from the time i was 12 to about 21 and uh so this is like you know i'm um 18 going off to college so i'm still deep in that and um I found that most of the kids I was meeting, they were like really Christian and really, um, really just super religious and just really, really square kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And like, yeah, no, no, no offense to anybody. Like, you know, love, I try to have e- empathy for, for all people, all walks of life. So love, yeah. love to but them. But at, at the but time, just, you were
1: at, very atheist as well. So oh, that, yeah, yeah. At the time, it just felt conflict. like conflict. These are
0: not my people. Um, I don't (laughs) enjoy hanging out with them, and so now I kind of want (laughs) to drink.
1: (laughs) <laughs> okay so your your life started to change and you're like okay, okay let's go let's check out these other parties or frat parties or something or oh yeah it, like, yeah yeah yeah
0: yeah so i mean i i survived through that for like a semester and a half and then i started um yeah i started drinking and partying and yeah going to all the frat parties that was fr- the end of freshman year then sophomore year every friday and saturday night of the entire year besides one Friday where I think I must've been sick or something. Um, (laughs) I I was out at some party. Um, yeah, just living it up and having a good time and all the while still like, you know, um, yeah, just, just really, really wanting to like, you know, get into the, the game industry in some way, shape or form. Hmm. What were your studies like? So my my studies, honestly, like I started off at the um in computer science at at tech, um which was a really rig- they have one of the most rigorous engineering programs, um mm-hmm. in the nation, and uh, computer science falls within that engineering program, um mm-hmm. so there was a lot there was a lot in regards to um what I had to learn at the time that was not what I was I just wanted to learn how to program just so hmm. I could work on video games, right? And I felt like, you know, there was a lot of it that was just like engineering math. And like, it, uh, it would have been my senior year before I took any programming class, and it would have had oh. nothing to do with the programming I needed to actually work in the game industry. Hmm. So
1: Yeah, so this does kind of point to some aspects of obsolescence of uh, university systems.
0: No, it, it really does. And I, I felt that. I felt that, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a really interesting thing that's happening on the macro level, but that was definitely a personal experience of like, Hey, this is kind of a waste of my time, you (laughs) know? (laughs) So I just ended up like bouncing around. Um, I went to like business management thinking that maybe I won't be a game programmer, um, or designer. Maybe I'll own my own game company, you know? So let me do business management. And then I, I hated accounting and my financing classes. And I, I like entrepreneurship. I like entrepreneurship, but I don't yeah. like, you know, cold, like business. And at the time, I didn't like macroeconomics and all that sort of stuff. You know, hmm. I, I just, um again, feeling like I'm OK. I, there's a there's a core of um something that I really love here. Right. Um, hmm. but that I'm, I'm not getting exposure to the thing that I like. It's just all the, the painful parts that I don't like. You know? Hmm. Yeah. That's, that's
1: very interesting. Cause it's, it's like. You'd think they would, I mean, you are a paying customer in a sense, right? Or you're supposed to be. Right, And it's like, uh, we're not going to make this interesting for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, who are you serving?
0: (laughs) Exactly, exactly. You would think they would like try to lure you in like a good service or a good show where they give you a taste of what you really want in the beginning. And then Mm. they string you through the difficult parts. And then, you know, like eventually you get the payoff. Um, but mm. yeah, no, there was none of that. And part of the reason why there's none of that in the college education system is because there's so much social pressure and cultural pressure to do it that they just, they can lean on that and not rely exclusively on the merit of their service.
1: Hmm. Yeah, I see. I see. Uh, so, so yeah. some perverse incentives there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so what are the what are the parties like? Like I, I'm imagining, <laughs> you know, stuff out of movies or something. What is? What's oh, the yeah, movie? I mean, ben, it, was, it was or something. I it was know. it <laughs> was
0: it was like stuff out of movies, man. <laughs> I mean, it, it really does. Like, um, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I went to lots of frat parties. It was lots of like, um, yeah, I mean, yeah, just getting ridiculously drunk. For like doing stupid stuff with friends chasing girls <laughs> like <laughs> lot, lots of crazy nights that you only know were crazy based on the conversations you had the next day <laughs> Um, cause you wow. don't remember what happened the night before. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. You drink it some
1: was... jungle juice?
0: Oh, oh yeah. Oh, oh, of course. Jungle <laughs> juice. Yes, of course. Um, and gin buckets. Gin buckets. Um, me and my, and my best friend Kamal, we were um, masters of the gin bucket, which is kind of like a jungle juice. Except um, you make it with gin and um, yep. you put like actual fruits in it. And so the mm. alcohol absorbs in the fruits
1: and, and
0: uh, you can end up getting drunk just by eating the fruit that's left in the the bin at the end. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, t- typical college fanfare and debauchery. <laughs>
1: right. You know, in, in Australia, it's it's not that extreme, but there is like... You can do stuff like there's in in the university I attended just for a short time in Newcastle University. There is actually a a pub or maybe two bars on the campus. So you can go in, order a pint or a schooner, I guess, and uh, then take it into your, you know, engineering 101 and sit at the back and drink a a schooner. You could drink a schooner in class. (laughs) Yeah, I never did it, but I I heard that people would. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you guys were hardcore.
0: <laughs> I mean, at least we kept our debauchery to like you know um outside of class in the football field. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, right, but it's not. It's yeah, it's nowhere near that extreme in, in yeah. Australia. Because yeah, for it's, sure. I, it's partly because in in the US people attend like people leave home to go to college but in australia normally it's like you go to your local university there's Uh no point in traveling for it yeah that makes
0: perfect sense the college i went to in virginia tech um it was in a, a tiny town on the western side of virginia not to be confused with west virginia called blacksburg blacksburg virginia there's nothing in blacksburg but virginia tech (sighs) it's <sighs> Virginia Tech and Cows So pretty much all there was was college students And pretty much all there was to do Was sit around and Have fun and drink
1: Right <laughs> So, <laughs> Okay I'm starting to see That there's a lot of problems with the system <laughs> Oh yeah <laughs> this is it kind of trend here <laughs> Definitely so what did you like did you learn something from those parties? Like I mean, I guess you must have learned something about social skills, maybe about your own limits that, in regards to that poison. Is a really interesting <laughs> question.
0: That's not where I thought that question was going. <laughs> in the beginning, <laughs> I mean, we're talking about college, and you're like, "What did you learn from the parties?"
1: <laughs> well, you know, they, you know this old expression: "Never let your schooling interfere with your education." Right. I love that quote. That's so good. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um. I don't know. I yeah. What did I learn from the parties? Um. Wow. Um. I definitely. You know, I, I got a lot more in tune with um like the imperial uh, measuring system. For sure you learn a lot about ounces <laughs> and <laughs> and how how far twelve ounces can go versus a <laughs> an ounce shot. <laughs> so yeah, you learn about that system. Um social dynamics are huge, of course. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's it's one of those things you can take all these like some um, sociology and psychology classes, but hmm. um, you really see you really see some raw human behavior um, on hmm. display at um, and parties and college for sure. I mean, the, hmm. the sheer. Um, competition for mates and like you know Hmm. uh conspicuous consumption and all these evolutionary biology terms um they Hmm. go from terms that would be used in um planet earth or some other nature documentary to things that you're seeing unfold before you at a (laughs) and, (laughs) and and very drunk double vision fashion at some college party you know (laughs) <laughs> um <laughs> so yeah it was it was um it was super entertaining for sure and uh I, I don't I ever really i never really tried to learn anything from it but i could definitely yeah. see how um it did a lot to keep me balanced as a person
1: <laughs> okay balanced how, how i mean it sounds like a period of imbalance to me
0: well, okay, no, okay, yes, it, it does, but it's, I mean, it's part of the um, the pendulum swing of life, right? And mm-hmm. That's going to be, that's mm-hmm. a recurring theme in some of this, this conversation, right? Where, like, mm-hmm. um, when I was in high school, I went, uh, basically, I moved around a lot as a kid, and I went through a period in high school. Um, when I got to my last school, it was my 17th school the school I graduated from. Um, And the first year I was at the school, um, my sophomore year, I did not talk to anybody. I just Mm. did not talk to anybody. Um, I just got, I I was burnt out. I felt like there was no point of me making friends because I was just inevitably going to move and lose them. Um, So I didn't talk Mm. to anybody. And then, um, my junior year, I've realized that, you know, okay, there's probably a good chance I'm going to stay here. And I, I was planning on just like ignoring everybody until I graduated from high school and went to college. But, you know, maybe I do really need a social life and I do, um, you know, I'm starting to feel kind of lonely. So, um, hmm. you know, and so I, I gradually started to like kind of rebuild a social life. And by the time I graduated, I had like a good crew of friends and all that. But, um, but yeah, it wasn't, um, it wasn't, the social life that i had grown accustomed to at growing up um mm. nor what is like you know closer to my nature or what i would actually have right so when i got to college um it was like um you know i felt like i was i was in control of my own destiny again um and that like oh yeah i'm doing it i'm on my, my, my path in life i'm surround i'm on on my path and I'm surrounded by other people on their paths. And so it was just like a complete, like, like another blossoming and unfolding of, you know, going from a kid that was really extroverted to a kid that like, you know, still an extroverted kid, but like, I just wasn't talking to anybody because of like, you know, my, my, um, my nurture, you know, the nature versus nurture hmm. thing, the nurture I was in just made me not want to, even yeah. bother. Um, so yeah. anyway, it was, it, it was that response going from, from that all the way to getting to college and then like really unleashing. And hmm. yeah, hitting the opposite end of the the pendulum, like where, like I said, my sophomore year, I, every Friday and Saturday, I was like at some party. I had like, you know, I was a kid. I I had multiple cliques of friends. There was always things to do. Like it was just the most vibrant social life I had ever had, you know. Um, so it was it was a response to that. So um. Yeah, they, when you say it didn't sound balanced, I totally get that. Um, it was a <laughs> it was an overcompensation of where uh-huh. I had come from um, yep. that allowed me to see what the other extreme was like, so I could find a synthesis in the thesis antithesis
1: antithesis synthesis process. Yes, yes. yes. Uh, okay, okay. Cool. What does it feel like to blossom,
0: man? Wow, that's an interesting question. (laughs) (laughs) It, it feels, um, it feels effortless. Hmm. Wow. It feels, it feels effortless. It feels, um, it feels more like a pull than a push. Huh. I'm a person who has done a lot of pushing in my life. I've always pushed myself. Um, I'm always like trying to reach the next level and, um, you know, grow as a person and like, I don't know, take, take my, like my, my business or my creative prospects or whatever I'm doing. I'm always trying to take it to the next level. Um, so there's always this like pushing that I do. Right. And occasionally, occasionally I'll find myself in a pull moment where it feels like I'm being pulled forth by life. Um, into into the next level. And it, it is like is like I said, it's, it's effortless. It doesn't require my constant pushing or deliberation or trying to figure out how I can reach the next level and strategizing and, and a lot of effort to try to make things happen. It's more of like being called to rise to the occasion of whatever as in your face, this is, right?
1: This is very interesting. So I'm trying to like tap into that headspace and I'm kind of, I'm wondering, do you have to, as a kind of paradox, do you, do you have to actively surrender in order to be pulled? Huh? I, I don't know. Let me think
0: about that for a second. That's a great question. Okay. I, I don't know. You know what? I, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. Cause <laughs> right. I, I, let me tell you what it for, for me. Most of the time it feels like imagine riding a bike up a hill, yep. right? And you're riding yep. a bike up a hill and then you're, you're doing it and you're doing it and you're doing it. And. To me, that part never feels like blossoming. Like, even if I'm going up a hill, like I feel like I'm struggling through it and like, um, like I'm, I'm, I'm usually stressed out in those times, even though I can see I'm making progress and I'm happy that I'm making progress. Um, Mm. but yeah, I'm usually, I usually feel like I'm carrying a weight at those times. And then Mm. there are the occasional times where you hit the other side of the hill and, Mm -hmm and then that's when it becomes effortless i'm still pedaling my bike but i'm going downhill i could i could start mm. and and uh, like i i almost don't like this metaphor because of the connotation of going uphill and downhill like downhill sounds like a bad thing right but like <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but like, yeah.
0: You know what I mean? It's
1: just like, I'm, I'm yeah, it's making- so funny when, when people say it's all downhill from there. I'm like, downhill's a cool part. Exactly. <laughs> downhill can be a cool part
0: because you're trying to make forward progress, right? You're making forward progress and, yeah. and, 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 suddenly you're doing so with significantly less effort. Mm.
1: Right? Yeah. Yeah.
0: So to to me, like when I'm in an authentic blossoming phase, um, it feels like it feels like that. It feels like my normal pushing is, is suddenly accelerated by um, kind of mm-hmm. the, the gravity of what life is presenting me. And it's like when mm-hmm. finally my efforts and um, the random happenstance of the universe are um, coordinated to my
1: forward movement. Wow. Okay. I might mean, not, uh, I might ask you this. Even when you're pedaling uphill, is there something cool about it? I mean, is there something beautiful about yeah. the struggle?
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's definitely something beautiful about a struggle, you know? Um, I mean, for, first of all, you know, when, when you're going uphill, like we're going to stick in the metaphor, like you get in a higher and higher, um, Vantage point from which you're Mm. seeing things right because there's um there's clearly some sort of evolution happening there's some sort of up upward progress and Mm. um yeah and 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 there's been a lot of times in my life where i've seen that where yes i'm i'm like you know um like in especially in building a autonomite in the first um rendition of it right there's a lot of time mm-hmm. periods where like I felt like I'm like super busy i'm kind of overworked, but i'm like i'm learning a lot and I feel like I'm growing as a person and I know i'm on the path and um even though like most of my day to day life had just consent g- consisted of like grinding and like just mm-hmm. pushing forward and like um you know, just exerting a lot of effort. Um, mm. I knew there was a growth happening and that I was, um, I was leveling up my skills and my knowledge and getting a better, um, a better vantage point from which I could, um, I could see how the rest of my past should unfold. You know,
1: mm. do you think you, um, uh, I imagine when you were, um, still in school and, and you were in that, period before you blossomed i imagine you didn't really have that perspective because you could you couldn't see the ways in in which you were subtly growing that would allow that blossoming
0: um so you're saying when i when i was in school like in college in the beginning of that process
1: when well but uh was it in high school or 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 college i'm
0: I'm not sure yeah (laughs) before
1: before you blossomed
0: okay yeah so um okay yeah, yeah yeah, so so, yeah, um, and in high school, yeah, I can um, yeah, no, for sure, I did not see what was coming ahead, um it yes, the the last couple of years of high school for me definitely felt like um that sort of uphill. Um, uphill thing that was happening where like, yeah, I know I'm, I'm trying to get to college. I'm just focusing on school work and like, you know, gradually starting to like rebuild my social life and all that, but just like really mm. focusing on school and just like, I just need to get to college so I can, um, be on my path and like, you know, get closer to achieving my dreams and all that. Um, but yeah, I did, I did not see mm. how things would unfold for me when I, um, started to blossom in college, you know?
1: Yeah, um, obviously. Yeah. Like- I think that's a, a really important point. It is like so. So many times we won't, you know, we won't see that growth under the surface.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah. I've never really thought about that part of it. So that that's interesting mm. that you mentioned it. But yeah, I, I can see it now in hindsight.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So. what what happens? Uh, I mean, so maybe some somebody starts showing you some new information, or uh, you know, some documentaries, or so. Or what? What happens to start to change your mentality in college?
0: Yeah, it was a couple things. Oh, a, a few things that coincided. Um, for one, uh, one of my best friends had um, introduced me to uh, Ron Paul, sort of thing. He was kind yeah. of really getting into politics and all that. And, uh, so he had stumbled across Ron Paul and, um, g- got really interested in everything that he had to say. Um, I was, I was curious at the time, but like, I didn't, I didn't take it too seriously at first because it just felt like, okay, you know, just another politician. Like, yeah. you know, um, I had a general distrust of the political system and politicians. I didn't have sure. any framework or philosophy to put behind it. I just didn't trust it or believe in it.
1: Um, what was different about Ron Paul?
0: Well, well so, so, uh, so eventually I would come to understand at first I didn't, though. Like mm-hmm. I just, I, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I had seen a few things like, okay, it's, it's kind of interesting. You know, some of the things that he would say would catch my attention, like shrinking government. I had never heard a politician talk about <laughs> making government smaller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. having, he wanted to have less power as a politician, which was fascinating <laughs> to me.
1: <laughs> yes um, yes but I, re- it- I remember there was that photo of him sitting at his desk and he he has that uh, little plaque and it, it says like uh don't steal governments hate competition and i, I was <laughs> like my, my mind started doing these black back flips i'm like this doesn't compute what's going what's going on here <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that one is so good well yeah i mean yeah stuff like that um but yeah um and it wasn't until like, you know, that had happened. And then um, I um, another friend, one of our mutual friends. Um, wow. I'm, I'm just like really actually coming to think of this, that, um, you know, it was kind of like a, a triangle of a process um, hmm. because um, our one of our mutual friends gave us both our first acid trip. Wow. And so, um, yeah, the two of us and this other friend, um, tri- tripped and it was just like such a mind blowing mind opening experience for me. Um, mm. definitely just showed me that like. Okay, number one, reality is a lot bigger and <laughs> crazier than you would realize,
1: right? <laughs> um, yeah. Than you well, can this, this realize. This is interesting. So uh, for people who have never taken psychedelics, that might sound a little unusual because they might say, well, hang on, you took a drug. So what does <laughs> what, what you see when you're on a drug have to do with your perception of reality?
0: Absolutely. And I think most people, um, understand that, you know, you'll have, um, you'll have like visions and stuff like that in terms of, well, not visions. I shouldn't even say visions cause that's how it's portrayed. Right. But like you will have visuals, um, yes. where, where like you're, um, the things that you see are distorted or like you know manipulated and like they they are um different than they are otherwise they have a little bit more magic to them right mm, yeah <laughs> walls walls are suddenly breathing um you know patterns are that are normally static are are shifting your carpet is um rippling and waving like the ocean right Mm. Um, so little things like that, people, um, I think come to have to, to expect and they can wrap their head around that. But for me, it was, um, it was some of the thoughts that I had and like, Uh it just, it just suddenly felt like, um, like, I mean, if you could just imagine if you spent your entire life, um, within your house or Uh uh, like your apartment just imagine spending yep. your entire life in that house or apartment, right? And then imagine mm. suddenly you're living in a mansion, right? Suddenly mm. you're just transported to a mansion and there's a lot more to explore and to, to look around and that you're discovering than you ever thought existed before right like suddenly my consciousness was just more expansive like my thoughts were more creative um i I was thinking on a like a deeper level than i was normally thinking um Mm. everything that i saw had an um an extra layer of significance that i didn't Mm. that i had never experienced before right Hmm. But then, then more than that, not in this first trip necessarily, but, um, and, and subsequent trips where like I started experiment with, experimenting with mushrooms, um, it, it, it really blew things out of the water because, um, right. some but of but hang my- on, let's, uh, let's,
1: let's stick with that okay. first trip for a moment. Yeah. Uh, so like say, say, I mean, one day you take a, a, a trip with your friend and, and you think one way and then the next day. Maybe you think a different way what's could, could you describe the difference between those two Leanders? i know I know it's a hard question you could take a moment or- yeah no no it's, it's a hard question it's a great question
0: um and i i don't even I don't know how much immediate change there was from that first trip mm. um Okay the 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 one immediate change is that I would definitely say that I was I was kind of quickly discarding, um, my perspective as a an atheist sort of thing, right? Um, hmm. that just like really believed that okay this this model of Newtonian physics and this like concrete, objectivist world is all there is, and anything else is just like nonsense, right?
1: Hmm. Yeah,
0: I was, I was quickly, um, starting to like have a distaste for that notion just because of, um, again, just, just how like it just felt like there were like my consciousness had like literally expanded. Like I, I just really felt like my thoughts went further and deeper than they, um, they did before. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And so it was just um, not not like not that I woke up the next morning and said, "Okay, absolutely, this has changed," and like I don't feel mm-hmm. the same. But I just suddenly had a lot more <laughs> room to explore intellectually right. and um, you know, um, emotionally. So I, I
1: guess it's kind of like the. There's this introduction of a degree of uncertainty. So, so maybe before you were like, exactly. Yes, definitely. I believe in this. And then the next day you're like, hmm, maybe it's like that, but maybe there's another way. And maybe, or maybe, exactly. you know, a million ways.
0: <laughs> Perfectly said. It's exactly that. There was just a, mm-hmm. a level of an uncertainty about everything that, um, that I acquired that night and
1: that I've never gotten rid of. <laughs> <laughs> Well wow, that's really exciting because i I know a lot of people out there are really uncomfortable with uncertainty so how how were you thinking about uncertainty that that made it kind of exciting rather than petrifying <laughs> um for for me I,
0: like I really love the notion of um there's like the the whole notion of uh like disenchantment. That a lot of us experience in uh, modern society, sort of thing, um, and it's uh, it's kind of a difficult thing to articulate. But I mean, it, it to me, it just it represents like how we get to a point where it feels like modern humans we've we basically figured it all out for the most part. Like we figured it out as much as you can understand. Anything, hmm. anything else left to figure out is just like super heady quantum physics that you'll never understand. So don't like you're you're just done. Like in terms <laughs> of human understanding that we've captured and that you can encapsulate is done. You're 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 done. OK, everything hmm. you know now is as much as you're going to know. Right. And there's no no, there's no magic. There's no magic left. We figured hmm. out we've we've uh, uh, signed we've scienced ourselves out of all sense of magic and wonder and mystery so look it's all figured out you just sit back you memorize exactly what we tell you and um and just do uh, like sit in your fucking cubicle and do your job okay (laughs) right shut shut up shut up stop thinking thinking. (laughs) just 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 do your fucking job that 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 um difficult to articulate but extremely relatable thing is what i'm talking about when Mm. i say disenchantment um i feel like most people are have gone through it in some way shape or form or are still Mm. living through it right so for me it felt like um like a a re-enchantment. It felt like, like, oh, suddenly the world has this mystery again and there's wonder. And we don't actually know everything that's happening. And yeah, like there's uncertainty, but I mean, that is, that's what makes this fun. If you were to like, start watching a movie for the first time, and you already knew like the whole storyline of how one of your friends has told you, Hey, look, this is how it goes. Like, it's not as fun. It's not mm. as fun, right? Mm. And so that's how society treats us as human beings. Like they, 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 they basically through the schooling system and everything that we're taught through our culture, it's like, okay, look, here's how the movie unfolds. Look, this, this is this is how it goes. This is how it goes. This, this is everything we know. And look, mm. here's what you're gonna do for the rest of your life. Don't ask any questions. Nothing, nothing to see here. Go back to work, sort of thing, you know. And it's just a certain. Um, The certainty kills the magic, Mm. right? Yeah, and so so uncertainty is magic. Uncertainty is magical. Uncertainty is exciting. Uncertainty is why we're gripped. When we watch a movie or read a book for the first time and we don't know what's going to happen and uncertainty is why your life grips you again. When you, (laughs) when you realize that you don't know what the fuck is unfolding before you. Right.
1: Wow. That's, that's so awesome. Thank you. That, that moves me. I'm glad, man. It moves me too, man. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so what uh yeah, you mentioned you you went on to take mushroom trips. What what happened?
0: yeah, so I um, went on to take mushroom now the mushrooms represented a different level to me because um I'm just in general, mushrooms for me they feel um, They feel there's like more of an emotional, like, I don't know, like soul level change where LSD just feels like it plays with my head in a really good way. Um mm. Mushrooms feel like they go to work on like, I don't know, yeah, my emotions and my human storyline and like my empathy and my connection to all life that exists, right? Mm. And so, um, anyway, um, uh, the, the thing that was like first jarring to me about my mushroom experiences is that it was the first time where, um, the, like a tr- trip experience bled out into the real world in a way that was really disorienting and uh, made me take a step back. So what I know that sounds crazy. What I mean is
1: this sounds awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is so, for example, I had a trip with um, my best friend and his fiance at the time was one of my other best friends. And we're all um, we're all just like really just tripping out and like looking at um, this poster that we had gotten um, where it was. Um, it was like one of those really uh, like trying to be psychedelic posters, where it's like mm-hmm. wizards and toes and frogs and mushrooms and all this sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Um, but but the, the funny thing about it was that it. Um, it was, it was almost like one of those magic eye things where you, you don't see uh, an image until you zoom out to the proper distance. And then suddenly you realize, Oh, wait a second. There's like, there's a, that's a face. Like all of this is designed into a face, right? So that's there. We just didn't realize it.
1: Mm.
0: Um, but we're all, we're all finally starting to realize like, wait a second. It's a face. Look at it. Look at it. <laughs> And so like we're just really just mind blown having this experience like we're all st- stepping back to the other side of the room and room and pressing our backs against the opposite wall like there's a face that is a face. And as we're geeking out about this um, Pandora we, we had Pandora at the time and so this uh-huh. is a completely random playlist was just shuffling through all sorts of songs and it came up with the very next song that played as we're gawking at this is the michael jackson song just like sometimes it feels like somebody's watching me mm. <laughs> it was just so mind-blowing like what this song <laughs> this song came on at this moment when we're, we're like having this, okay, like obviously our, um, seeing of the face, I think the face is designed on purpose. Even if it wasn't like, even if all of us were just seeing the same random tripped out artifact of this face and this poster that we had never seen before, right? Uh-huh. The fact that we're having this collective experience and at the same time, Pandora, this external objective actor, and this scene plays something that's that synchronistic and that crazily connected to what we're doing at the moment. Uh, did did it feel like the face was watching you? Well, I mean, no, because it, it, it's looking directly at you. Like, it's looking, ah, the face is, yeah. is pointed straight forward, right? right? And so we're all staring <laughs> straight at this face. And it's like, sometimes it feels like somebody's <laughs> watching me. <laughs> It was just so, well, it was this, eerie, but also just one of those moments that, um, that makes you kind of zoom out. And I've had, uh, you know, a lot of other moments like that. I mean, this is the, the first random example, um, that I encountered. Yes. But since then, I mean, there, there's been so many, I mean, in, in psychedelic experience and outside of just synchronicities yes. that are just so potent and so powerful. It's just like this, 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 point that there's just no other way to consider that this is not a coincidence clearly Mm. I don't know what this is I'm not going to act like this is like you know a message from God or universe I don't know at the time you know and it's like (laughs) I just I just know that this is a really bizarre coincidence that's too improbable to
1: just be sheer coincidence well there is this this australian youtuber i can't remember his name but he had this idea like he he described the this experience i don't know if it's from from his experience but it, um or just an example but it was like say so you're you're driving along this freeway and then the, the the shuffle comes on and and uh starts playing this certain led zeppelin song and then you see the people in front of you happen to have the this license plate which is apparently in reference to that song, and you're like, "Huh, what?" Or, or you know, reference into a, a particular element of that song, and and according to him, or he had this little hypothesis. There's like the, these interdimensional beings; they're arranging things, and that this is like their language. So instead of just writing in a book. They actually go through time and arrange all of our experiences, you know, to arrange these coincidences to get people to put, uh, you know, a certain license plate and for them to be, you know, five minutes late that day. So they just happen to be directly in front of us in traffic. That's the little the, the little messaging service.
0: That that is that's super interesting, and I will not discount it. I'm I'm more open to that possibility than ever right now, and it's just so it's so fascinating because, like, I mean, if you consider, okay, no, we're, we're okay, we're about to go way off the plantation on this one, <laughs> um, and then we'll come back. But um, I mean, if, if you consider like um like just human language and all that's encoded within it right mm. like i mean um clearly dogs understand some degree of human mouth noises right mm-hmm. that they're trained to be able to understand um they they can pick up on certain things um but and in, in terms of like understanding metaphors and um play like you know word play and similes and all these things right Hmm. A a dog obviously can't pick up on. They know just enough to understand certain sounds, Mm -hmm. but but not to be able to pick apart like the, the deeper overlapping meaning that happens in a lot of what we communicate. Um, I mean, same with kids, of course. So, I mean, it, it would not surprise me if a lot of, um, what we experience in the universe is like, you know, um, mm-hmm. think pl- plays happening by, some sort of higher dimensional beings that are just able to, um, you know, kind of like th- th- this is like their wordplay, right? Like, yeah, <laughs>
1: like,
0: <laughs> like secretly behind the scenes, there are like these fifth dimensional beings that are just playing with time and events. Yes. And that's that's <laughs> their language and their wordplay and their jokes are synchronicities, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, a- <laughs> it's tripped out. I, I, I- think I so. See it. Le- Luis Fernando said, said to me a couple of times that that uh, substances like plant medicine, like peyote or, or wachuma or psilocybin, these are actually books written by higher dimensional entities and oh. they, they come down, manifest in this world, and we can oh. you know tear off a page and, and read <laughs> it. <laughs> That's glorious. I love it. Yeah, yeah. So all right. So so we're gonna. <laughs> move forward so so yeah you start having all these experiences with with psychedelics and then you you also start encountering new information and i guess you're more open to it than ever uh what's what what happens um, so
0: yeah, from, from that and from, um, you know, then I, I start taking a deeper look into Ron Paul and seeing mm-hmm. everything that he had to say. And like, Oh, wait a second. Yeah. This guy's like, yeah, he's talking about shrinking government and like getting rid of 90% of government programs and, mm. um, like ending all the wars and everything. Like, mm-hmm. like it was just really hidden. I had seen, um, Zeitgeist. Mm-hmm. um it, you know for those that haven't seen it it's a documentary that um really looks at um the history of religion and kind of calls a lot of that into question but also looks at um you know the the uh, central banking and the basis of um western economic systems and mm-hmm. and um secret societies and kind of um it kind of really shatters um, the the picture of a um a sane functioning, healthy society that um, <laughs> that you have before, and you you it takes you to the bottom of the- ra- well not to the bottom of the rabbit hole, but it takes you deep down the rabbit hole and shows mm. you that look, hey, everything that you think you know about religion and government. <laughs> yeah, that's not, that's not quite true, you know? <laughs> and so that was like a really world shattering moment for me because obviously I could already, um, relate with the stuff about religion, but it took it, um, to a deeper perspective mm-hmm. and, um, kind of showed me some things that I had never thought about. And it was just like really, um, Compelling to me. Um, but then it, I, you know, even though I had like a general distrust of, um, government and, um, the political system, I didn't realize, um, the, f- the full extent to which these things were fucked. Right. And, <laughs> and, and, and the economic system as well. I had, I had no clue the extent to which things were fucked. So it was a, it was a world shattering moment for me. And it just felt like, Holy shit, I've been like, you know, living this life trying to like go about making video games and just like, just Hmm. really want to, I mean, video games is just a playful, for the most part, it's a playful, shallow thing, right? Mm. It's a a pretty shallow thing. It's like, hey, this is just fun and I enjoy it and so I do it and um, it really just showed me... that things were broken in the real world um, to an extent that I felt um, I felt I had to offer my attention and energy to that. I couldn't mm. I couldn't just like go whole away and uh, and just like focus on making these like fake worlds all this time when the real world is so broken, you know? Hmm,
1: but in, in those moments, or like in the, the first time you saw Zeitgeist, were you what, what was your emotional reaction? I imagine it might be astonishment and also disappointment or, um, yeah, disillusionment. Both of those and space. it was astonishment.
0: Hmm. Um, I mean, I was really mind blown by it. the geeky part of me that just loves to learn and loves mm-hmm. epiphanies and loves to have paradigm shifts, um, I enjoyed it in a way, um, because it felt like the mo one of the most massive paradigm shifts I had experienced. Um, mm-hmm. but at the same time, it was like such a, um, a reality breaking, um, paradigm shift. Uh and, and, and uh it's like a obviously a super depressing way when you just realize like, oh wow, things are fucked, but not not because they just happen to end up fucked and like maybe we can like, you know, maybe there's something we can do about this to fix it. But like, no, they are intentionally fucked by people mm. with more power than you could ever dream to wield. <laughs> right? That's mm. that's so disheartening and disempowering. And it just makes yes. you feel like um I don't know just like a, a useless abused piece of shit, right, right, just
1: like a pawn
0: I, if you're even a pawn
1: <laughs> right, <laughs> a pawn has a place, a pawn can move a pawn can, yeah yeah. Can, uh, 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 can yeah attack exactly yeah yeah
0: and and a and a pawn like is... a
1: pixel. yeah a pixel
0: exactly yeah like a pawn is there to be utilized by whoever's the player right um Hmm. and yeah don't get me wrong like the uh the the play i mean those who are the the players in this context are definitely using the average person as pawns per se but like I mean, it's just so so much higher than that, right? It just feels like we're just a a massive blob. Like a pawn is individuated. You can Mm -hmm. move an individual pawn, right? Mm -hmm. So it feels like, I don't know, some some of the lower level politicians and some of these influencers and people that have achieved a certain level of influence are used as pawns because the players can move them individually to try Mm -hmm. to achieve a certain effect, right? But like mm. as a as an average person that is um, discovering this thing, you don't even feel like a pawn. Mm. You don't
1: even feel like a pawn because you're just part of like a crowd. You're part yeah, of. A- I'm imagining you're you're like a cell in a slime mold or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, something like that. <laughs> but a pawn would give it too much credit.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's that's really, really, <laughs> really gives you a sorry it stings right <laughs> yeah it seemed, seemed like a, a, a bleak vision of, of, of our lives and you know in um, this is there is truth to this but it's not necessarily the, the only way of looking at things so what do you like how do you integrate that experience now it's like okay I've i've realized this this new information How do I bring it into my life in a a way that's good? Or do you like struggle with it for months or what happens?
0: Yeah, I I struggled with it for quite a long time. It was quite a Mm. long struggle. Um, Mm. I mean, it was, um, I don't know, at at least a couple years of really Mm. struggling with it before I could like really feel any sort of sense of optimism. You know, Mm. it was like, um, really diving deep into, people like um like Alex Jones and like um um Max egan and a lot of these guys and like really diving deep into to all of their work and um just seeing how fucked up a lot of it was um and yeah like you know uh, the uh, yeah thankfully for people like max egan and also thankfully that I was like um, i was going through like a you know this whole spiritual awakening process in in the at the same time so i mean mm-hmm. i was listening to guys like alan watts and um you know um Jidu Krishnamurti and and people like that that gave me like a little bit of perspective but it was still mainly a bleak thing it was still mainly mm-hmm. a bleak thing um mm-hmm. un- until like i you know gradually started to um stumble onto um I don't know. I just, I had to, I had to see solutions. I had to see solutions. I mean, it, it took like learning about voluntarism from like, um, Stefan Molyneux. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, which, which gave me some hope that, okay, there's a philosophical framework, um, that can definitely help with this, you know, that can, that can definitely give us a, a North star out of this situation. And then, you know, like, you know, talking like just getting, getting really curious about like, fuck, is there any way to like, could we start our own country or something like that? And like talking to my best friend about it and. You know, really, I, I know these, these things all probably sound so ludicrous to most people, but like, I'm like really looking into this shit. Like, what would it take? How, how can one start their own country? Right. And Great so, question. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm thinking about all this shit. And like, you know, I stumble across the Seastead Institute and, um, mm-hmm. Pat- um, Patrice Friedman, and they're trying to do exactly that. And then like, you know, Bitcoin comes out and like it's just like slowly starting to see like, oh, wait a second. There are solutions to all of these these major problems. Right. And um it was super inspiring. I'm um, not to mention just having like. <sighs> Having later mushroom trips that like, um, definitely helped, um, help show me that like, oh, yeah, there, obviously things are, are fucked, but there are solutions and you can be a part of it. You just have to have the right mindset, you know?
1: And, mm. um, so going, going through that experience, through that struggle, I, I imagine you're, um, you're, yeah, disillusioned. You're depressed, even or just uh, very, very um, depressed, very depressed. Right. Yeah. And then, and then you start to find the solutions and you, you start to feel hopeful or how do you describe it?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I definitely, yeah, I I was, I was very depressed going through it. And, um. Yeah, just feeling, feeling hopeless. Like you're just not even excited to wake up in the morning. Cause like, I mean, i had already like gone through like little personal struggles, like realizing how corrupt the video game industry was at the time mm. and like, um, you know, kind of getting disenfran, I mean, dis- disillusioned with that. Yes. Um, but then, then you know, all of this stuff happening on a broader spectrum is just like, man, you just, I just felt so depressed and lost. Like, yes. like I wanted to work on video games all this time, um, but like you know, um, I just and then and then and then when you started to see those solutions, what what did you feel? I felt I felt really I felt super optimistic. I felt super optimistic. I felt reinvigorated. I felt, I Mm. felt like, um, yeah, there is hope. There's hope. Like we, we can fucking do this. We can do this. Like we can fix all of these problems, you know? Right. And I've, I've mainly felt like that for most of, most of the time. I would say, I would say 70% of the time, I still feel like that. There's a good, yeah. there's a good thirty percent of the time, though, and this is the thing. Like, it's not, it wasn't, it wasn't a permanent shift. It's, it's more of a
1: continuum, you know. Sure. Well, th- this is a question for you. Imagine if, okay, let me think about how to phrase this. Imagine if you you were somehow still in that world where you couldn't see solutions. Is there a way that you could have felt good? about the situation with that without ever exactly f- finding a potential <laughs> solution.
0: Fantastic question. <laughs> I I don't know. Okay, so l- let me tell you what I did, what I did mm. find and what does mm. help me now, but okay. I'm I'm not sure I could have found without seeing the other extreme.
1: All right, fair enough. Yeah,
0: good. So, um these days in times where I feel really hopeless and where I like fall back into that, where something, um, happens and like, you know, it's just like, fuck, but, you know, one of the things that keeps me, um, keeps me like moving in a, a positive and healthy direction is just mm-hmm. really just thinking about all this like a game. I just really uh-huh. have to think about it all like a game, more like a movie. Right. Yes. and and like um in the sense that like look even if it's hope like in and, and, and all of the heroic fiction whether it be books or movies or comics or video games and all of these stories like the things always seem hopeless at some point it's not a good story if they don't seem hopeless I mean you have this whole hero's journey this whole process right of like you know them them starting to like um, realize you know first they they just feel like they're in their ordinary world, right they're in the ordinary mm-hmm. world, and then they start to like realize um through their own experiences and through encountering like a mentor that shows them, hey, you have some potential, they start to feel like oh yeah i could i mean I could actually be heroic i could do I could do something positive and I can help people mm-hmm. you know um but then uh, Like, you know, the whole, the quote, the cliche quote about it's always darkest before the, before the sunrise, there's always darkest before the dawn. Yeah. Yeah. And like these sorts of stories, like it's always like when thing, things seem the most bleak for the hero that they Mm -hmm. tap into their completed form. Right. They're, they're complete yeah. form where they've, they've, they've started to realize they, they went from like thinking they were normal to like realizing that, oh, wait a second. Maybe, maybe I can help people in some way. Maybe there's something significant that I can offer. And then they have like the dark night of the soul. Things seem so bleak. There's no mm-hmm. fucking way we can do anything. Uh, there's no fucking way I can help. There's like, it's just too bad. Um, but mm-hmm. then there's like, you know, the other side of it. Where they they overcome the situation that seemed so bleak.
1: There was no way they were going to make it out of right. Yeah. Well, th- this is so so interesting. It does make me wonder. Like, it's like when when you get overcome with the uh, <laughs> with darkness like that. Maybe that's. <laughs> Uh, you know, that's that's the time when you really can discover the light within you. And it's like everything has to be stripped away so you can see that light. Man, that's so beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: I love that. I love that. That's great.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah maybe.
0: Thanks. But um, yeah, maybe that that's really that's really powerful. That's really something to stew on. Um, for, yeah. From my perspective now, it just uh, um, it comes to me as like both. A sense of hope um, and the sense of like you know okay if if this was like a collective hero's journey right now it would have to get darkest before the dawn and we would have to go through this process collectively but also mm. on like a, a shallower level but on a level that really helps me is like look it's l- let's just say there's absolutely no hope and this, this answers your question Let's mm-hmm. just say there's absolutely no fucking hope, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if I was playing a video game and I knew that there was absolutely no hope, I wouldn't just fucking give up. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't just like put the controller down and just watch the screen for the rest of the time. No, I was, I would still play like I can win. In fact, like <laughs> I, I do that, like, you know, and I like, um, and, and the, sometimes I feel like video, uh, video games can be alchemy, you know? Hmm. I'm like, they, they can, they can give you like an insight into your mentality and help you like, um, address things on like on a small micro scale that affect the rest of your life. But, um, you know, went like, um, me and, uh, me and my ex-girlfriend Kelsey, we were really big on playing heroes of the storm together for a couple of years and um, heroes of the storm is this video game, this, um. It's a MOBA for anybody that doesn't know what that means. Don't really worry about it, but like you're, you, you're, you're five on five and it's like, you know, five people versus another five people. And there's the environment at play on both ends. Right. So it's like a constant struggle between you and the other team. And there's been so many times where like, you know, I feel like there's no way we can win. There's just no fucking way, but I always play like we can win. <laughs> and And a lot of the times we come back from moments I never thought we could come back from, even like you know i'm I'm I happen to be really good at that game. I'm really terrible at a lot of games, but I'm really good at that game, and there'd be mm. times where I'm like, no, there's no way, there's no way we're fucking done, but I always play like we can win." And yeah. and there are a lot of times where we do win because we can just stick to it and play and and play at that level. We'll just don't give up. Don't fucking give up. As corny and cliche
1: as that sounds, I know it's <laughs> not like a
0: fucking Disney yeah, well, movie. It's really, right? Now. It's
1: really commitment to the game. It's like I I love this game. I'm gonna play it. You know, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna play it to win. Even. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. so for me, it's, and that's it's what both. you would do if you if your life was on the line. That's
0: which, what you, you know, exactly. Maybe that's the question. Yeah. Exactly, if your life was on the line and he, and you knew it, you would play like that. Um, yes. So, but so so there's there's okay there, there's the aspect of like, hey, um, I just I just play like I can win in general. Um, also, there's the aspect that I mentioned first of. You know, it's always darkest before the dawn. So who knows? This could just be the darkness before the dawn. Um, mm-hmm. but re- regardless, the game, the game is way more fun if I'm playing to win. Right. Mm. So that's mm. part of the, the evolution above, um, the whole fight or flight. Like you, right. you encounter these things, you can take flight. You can just try to, I know so many people that have, they've, real, they started to realize how crazy things were on this planet, how fucked earth is. And they're like, uh nah. And they look to the other directions just so they can maintain some sort of happiness and, um, mm-hmm. and peace in their life. And there are people that, that try to fight it until their, until their death, that, that die yeah. unhappy oh, well, because they haven't I, achieved I just goal. thought
1: of, I thought of something because you <laughs> You before you talking about disenchantment, and then we were talking about di- disillusion, disillusionment. This is like, yeah, you can when you when you are disillusioned and enchant and disenchanted, then <laughs> then I guess you can either choose to be reillusioned or you can choose to be reenchanted. Boom! <laughs> that's good, Kurt. Wow, that's good. I like that. Thank you.
0: thank you that's That's
1: good yeah what you're saying is 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 really powerful it's it speaks to me in my in my gut i can feel it (laughs) there is there is a book i i uh like to recommend to you i'm i'm still uh finishing it it's kind of it's not exactly dense but it's it there's uh I, i think i mentioned it to you actually it's play of consciousness by baba muktananda because we were talking about semen retention. And yes, talks about the, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, that's kind of what you're describing. Like, you know, life is, is like a game or, or a movie. It's a play, a play of consciousness, this play, play of divine energy presenting itself for us.
0: That's so beautiful. I-, I love it. And that, that's exactly it. I mean, that is, that is the evolution. Cause when you, when you mm. realize that, um, it does two things. Number one, you, um, you feel like you have, um, the, um, co-creatorship to mm. actually, um, help craft what this experience is like on this planet and that's Mm -hmm. really powerful but also Mm -hmm. it does um it does a really protective thing too it allows you to just enjoy the experience and the process um Mm -hmm. whether the outcome is what you desire or not Mm. yeah
1: yeah man (laughs) i love it that's really cool kurt (laughs) good shit yeah Yeah, uh, I appreciate everything you said. <laughs> this uh, I feel like it uh, light a light a bit of fire in my belly, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I I already feeling like I'm doing doing a lot of this stuff, but uh, you know, maybe uh, push it a little further, right? <laughs> Love life even more.
0: well man i'm 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 so glad man i mean that's that's all i can ask for really like i mean that's one of the things that makes me so grateful to know people like you um that are like just really out here just 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 trying to like you know just like like live your own passion and your own purpose and just try to offer the world some good you know um and i just and so far as like, I'm nowhere near where I would, I expected I would be at this point in life in terms uh-huh. of my impact and all sort of stuff. Um, cause I've just been, um, very sorry. I've been too distracted for, and various reasons. I've been too busy helping other people and.
1: Yep. Uh, all well, sorts of stuff I, like I, that. I was but- thinking about that, some, something related to that the other day, uh, where. I thought, well, I, I wrote out my to-do list in the morning, and and I got you know some of those goals done. But then it was also I got um, I was I, I went to a cafe and I was talking to my friend, and uh, it was like this kind of spontaneous therapy session. And I'm I'm get, asking her to close her eyes and look inside, and what's you know what emotions are there, and she's she's facing these things. And I thought at the end of the day, I looked at my to-do list, and I was like, something's are so important they will never appear on my to-do list because I (laughs) I won't be able to predict them you know so it wasn't like I I was disappointed that I didn't meet my to-do list I I was glad that I that I had the opportunity that I had not enough space to allow something you know really beautiful to happen that day
0: man that that is that's so beautiful that's like a meme or t-shirt or more by (laughs) itself like
1: some things are too important for your to-do list yes wow (laughs) so that's right so you know in in your life you like comparing to ah you know i'm not where i expected to be well you you know you're somewhere else and maybe it's somewhere a lot a lot more fascinating and interesting
0: you're, yeah, you're absolutely right, man. And yeah, I mean, uh, again, just like, you know, con- connecting and having friends like you that are doing it. If I can empower you or like help you in a, a moment, I don't know, feel more like, feel that fire in your belly sort of thing, man. That's, that's all I can dream of. That's really <laughs> all I can dream of. Cause I mean, w- with what you're doing, who knows whose, whose fire you might light you know <laughs> and it's just like this fractal process we just all, all like continue to just light each other up over time yes.
1: you know yes wow it's f- interesting you say say it like that there is this this kind of prayer or hymn um uh, this this song that i listen to quite a lot uh it's a it's a hymn to to baba muktananda the guru i mentioned and the the name of the hymn is uh Oh, it's in Sanskrit. It's like Sadguru Jyotse Jigao. It means light, uh, true Guru, light my light with your light.
0: <laughs> That's so good. Yes, yes, yeah. I love yeah. that. I also love the um the Rumi quote. That's like um set your life on fire and seek those who fan your flames. Oh.
1: Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, that's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so
0: good, man. Both of
1: those, wow. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, oh, uh, yeah. I guess we're, we're drawing this to, to to an end. Is there something you want to promote, or some, you know, some other words of wisdom, or anything else you want to say?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I just want to promote motherfucking Kurt Robinson. <laughs> Thank oh, no, you. I no. so I just, I just, I just, I really want it known on the record. Um, and I, I should tell you this more personally. Um, but yeah, you're definitely just one of my favorite people, man. And I just, um, <laughs> I just love, love and respect you. And, uh, yeah, I like, uh, you know, I, I know we don't get to talk a whole lot, but yeah. know, I want to make a better effort at that. And, um, sure. yeah, it's just, just all, all the love and respect in the world, man. And, uh, yeah, thank you for, for bringing yeah. me on man and yeah, yeah. For, for anybody else that um is curious about my music or anything like that yep. um i um yeah i have my a preview for my upcoming album fight or flight um that Great. talks about a lot of this um and uh, it, it, that's coming out soon so you can find me at l hyphen dixon.net um, also I spend a lot of my time helping the Thrive Movement and, um, being the live producer of the Freedom Portal with Foster Gamble. Um, uh,
1: that
0: What's
1: the Thrive Movement about to give us a little? Yeah.
0: yeah. For, so the, the Thrive Movement is all about, um, basically exposing the, um, the, Global domination agenda, the, um, agenda that exists amongst a lot of the powerful and wealthy, um, in this world to centralize power and resources. And, um, it's all, it's all about exposing that and, um, shedding light on all the solutions that exist to, Mm. to rise above that right so um yeah that's what the thrive movement movement is about definitely watch thrive one and thrive two they're like phenomenally pivotal documentaries if you haven't seen them and um yeah definitely check out the freedom portal um which i live produce and um i don't quite co-host but kind of co-host sort of thing you know (laughs) (laughs) okay so yeah awesome yeah I'm i'm there yeah and now we um we talk about a lot of cool stuff so come check us out what's the website for thrive um it's thriveon.com.
1: okay cool and we can find the freedom portal on there as well absolutely okay awesome all right i haven't seen those yet so I'll, I'll, i'll check that out fantastic all right, well, yeah, thanks so much for, for coming on and sharing your story and and, and lighting that, that fire within yourself and having the, the chance to light the fire in others as well. Absolutely, Kurt. Thanks for bringing me on. A beautiful thought. Thanks for joining us there. So I think it's really important what Leandrew said about going uphill and going downhill, because it is like, A lot of the time we'll be on that path and we'll be pedaling up that hill or up that mountain and trying to get to the top of it. And yes, as he said, gaining the perspective as we go, getting that higher vantage point so we can see clearly, more clearly what's going on in our lives and what's going on around us. And at the same time, (laughs) well, the very important thing that I thought about is, yes, sometimes we, we won't even notice that we are actually building something as we're going, that we are actually storing up this kinetic energy that will allow us to roll down that hill very fast. So that's something to be aware of. A lot of the time we might not realize how much our efforts are actually building up energy, building, building up something perhaps is not always obvious so that one day... Our lives will be a, a, a little easier so <laughs> it's easy to have that perspective once we start pedaling downhill but it's not always so obvious when we are moving uphill it might just seem like a, a bit of a struggle so maybe it's not maybe we're building something maybe we're building vital momentum <laughs> to propel us even more rapidly to enjoy the fruits of our labor at a later date uh, so that's something that's <laughs> really lovely about building something about putting in that effort especially just something that's important to you something you're passionate about so once again you can get a coaching session with me and you might ask what are these coaching sessions about a lot of the time people come to me In perhaps a state of confusion, they're not sure how to move forward in their lives. And I can ask some key questions, begin to reframe their beliefs or first expose their beliefs and assumptions about a situation. A lot of the time, we don't realize what we actually think or what we assume in a situation as we go into it. And we don't realize how those assumptions actually affect the outcomes. When we can make those assumptions conscious, we can begin to question them. And then we can begin to use our wonderful divine imagination, our divine insight to create a different perspective. To imagine a whole new way of looking at the situation. Formulate an action plan that will help solidify, make real, manifest those beliefs in our lives so we can begin to move past our previous traps (laughs) and perhaps see things from a higher vantage point like we were talking about see things from a a new perspective that is going to enable us to move to a new level of results and yes, enjoy the the fruits of our actions. So you can check that out, beautifulpodcast.com. Use the coupon code beautiful2021 and you'll get a 50% discount off your first session. And most importantly, have a wonderful day. You a girl, ain't me girl, ain't a girl, ain't a girl, ain't a You ain't a girl, ain't a girl, ain't a girl, ain't me girl,